Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. I'm here with Allie Warner from Beacon Point Advisors. And Beacon Point actually is one of the largest women-owned RIA firms in the country with $13 billion under management. So quite awesome to have you here. And specifically, Allie is the chief marketing officer. So she's really doing all this stuff, getting people to notice them, which is how it's growing so tremendously. So we're here to talk about branding. So welcome, welcome, Allie. Nice to have you here. Thanks, Robin. Glad to be with you today. Awesome. So, well, tell me a little bit about your role and how you got into this and what specifically you're really focused on when it comes to branding. And, and I will preface it with this, that because I think in the traditional, traditional financial space, a lot of the branding, quote unquote, is like done for you, but it's horrible because it's like wirehouses are not even wirehouses, but traditionally like it's more their brand, not yours. So talk a little about, you know, your experience with that and how it's quite different from the norm. Sure. So I actually started as an intern with Beacon Point uh, over 10 years ago. And uh, I laugh because thinking back then, you couldn't have paid me a million bucks to think I'd work in the financial services industry. Um, I just had bad experiences thinking it was just investment banking. You see two sunrises before you ever get a wink of sleep. And it's just awful, you know, work-life balance. And um, I have been proven very wrong, uh, thanks to Beacon Point. But uh, so, yeah, when I started, we had one office, 22 people, and no departments, no marketing, no nothing. And this was before marketing even became a conversation or branding uh, at the individual advisor level. And now we have 14 offices and, excuse me, 17 offices and over 190 team members. So uh, you can imagine the evolution of branding and marketing, not only at the firm level, but also at the individual advisor level. And you're totally right they both are absolutely critical. You, it's hard to have individual advisor brands without a firm brand, but the two absolutely need to support each other and feed off of each other and be cohesive so that your stories work for both the firm and the advisor trying to gain new business and new clients. So we can go into that. I'm sure you have many more questions and I can share some examples, but the evolution has been um, dramatic, if, if I can say at the least. <laughs> That's awesome. I love hearing that too, because starting as an intern and kind of working your way up and now, you know, being part of running a huge, huge firm is just is great. But I think you guys also have such a great boutique feel that it doesn't feel big, which is also really nice, which has a lot to do with the intention around the branding. So tell us a little bit about how are you doing that? And I know when we kind of did our little pre-talk, you had some tips as far as here's some ways that they can do it themselves as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to start with a firm brand. If you don't have a place to start, like your website, for example, then there's not really a place to anchor you and then feed off of that. So we first started with completely redesigning our brand um, and our web through our website and even updated our logo, did all of the basically the granular components of, of what a brand is involved with, your slogans, your taglines, your colors, you know, what kind of emotions are you invoke, evoking, you know, with your existing clientele and your audiences. And um, 
from there, we built out our social media platforms at the company level, as well as supporting our advisors. So when you Google an advisor, what do you see? You know, what is the immediate reaction when you click on their LinkedIn profile? You know, there's so many components that are controlled by these different third-party social media companies, but you can really bring yourself to light through your verbal descriptions, through how, you know, detailed your profile is. Does that match the biography on your company's website? Does that match with what you're posting in relation to your engagement in the community and the financial sector news, whatever the case may be? So um, that's kind of, it's not rocket science, it's just execution. And uh, it is time consuming. So I, a little plug for making point, and I, I can't help myself as part of the marketing, but we do this for the advisors. They don't have to do it for themselves. And so they trust us that we're controlling their brand that then is elevated and working for them, but also coincides with the firm's story so that there's cohesion between the two. And we can get into the details of, you know, how often we post on the LinkedIn profile, but making sure you're header image is what it needs to be. Your profile picture is what it needs to be. Your description of your title, um, making sure that the about you section is actually filled out and it speaks to your skill sets, but also evokes that human connection. So if someone's deciding between you and another advisor and they get a little extra tidbit of information about you and who you are, that might be the deciding factor if all of the qualifications are the same. You know, little stuff like that that's hard to quantify the ROI can actually make a difference. I love that. Let's actually dive into that because I'd rather go more detailed into one area than being too broad. Um, sure. So let's talk about LinkedIn because I do think LinkedIn is actually, we use LinkedIn a lot. Not only do we use LinkedIn a lot for ourselves, you know, for our marketing, but also that's one of the strategies I definitely teach to the advisors that I work with and insurance um, insurance professionals as well. But that there's, I mean, there's so many people on LinkedIn, not only are there so many people, but there's an easy way to find them. And when it comes to marketing, I don't know how much you guys do you guys do pay traffic as well or mostly organic? Uh, we actually just started doing pay traffic um, this year through social media advertising. We haven't done the Google console. We just necessarily haven't needed to yet. I know that sounds kind of silly, but um, we're, we're test kitchen. We're, we're using a test kitchen in each component because I very strongly feel I want to see some return on the investment and be able to control the factors that play a role in that. So the majority of it's been organic, but through the visibility that we've created, I mean, we're getting 60,000 plus eyeballs every month across our different advisor profiles at $0 spend. That's separate of our advertising. So let's talk about that because most of, I think most of the ladies who are going to listen in aren't going to have a huge budget for advertising anyway. And I've, I invest a lot of money in advertising, especially on Facebook. <laughs> But when I'm actually teaching this to my clients, I talk like go to LinkedIn because LinkedIn is it's very low cost. I mean, you need a profile and then I say everyone gets sales navigator and those sort of things. But it's still like compared to real, I'm going to say real paid marketing. It's like nothing. And then how many, I don't know, billions of people are on that thing and you can find them. And one of the strategies I teach is, is like, well, knowing who you want to target and then being able to actually search on LinkedIn and find using kind of searchable type terms is cool. But before, like, I don't know that we need to go into that, but I want to go back to what you're talking about in regards to those different components. So what are you optimizing and how do they do that? And, and include like the posting and stuff. I think that's great because if they can do that organically and I know whatever compliance you're going to BS <laughs> around that, but tell us what you guys are doing specifically so that they can try to do that as well. Yeah. So first and foremost, compliance and I are best friends and our compliance director is awesome. Um, and obviously doing this for 10 years, I'm very well aware of, of how this works and what we can and can't say, but uh, that doesn't mean you can't post. I mean, again, you have to check with your, your own firm and your own policies, but um, speaking from behalf of Beacon Points policies, 
Um, we, you know, either curate the content internally, so it's obviously compliance approved. If it's third-party content, we run it through compliance to make sure it's okay to, to share. Um, obviously, if you're sharing an article, you're technically kind of, you know, pseudo-endorsing it, <laughs> so you have to be very careful about that. Um, and we post, we, I actually heard this term a, a whole bunch of years ago from an industry professional and a colleague of mine, pro-personal. It's professional, personal. There's, and you, you can argue it's a 80-20 to a 60-40 balance, but uh, we're sharing all different types of content for our advisors. And uh, I would say 70 to 80% of it is uh, industry related, but then one of our partners in our Philadelphia office, she uh, founded a nonprofit organization um, in honor of her daughter. And we all did burpees, uh, a competition to, to promote and, and share the news and raise funds. And literally our managing director in our Florida office got on the floor in his lobby and started doing burpees. And this video was awesome. And you think about all the views that they get, the warm and fuzzy feeling and uh, the comments and the engagement and the interaction you get with your network. Those types of things are really critical. And the irony is some of those have nothing to do with what you do as a professional. <laughs> so I think it's also moving more towards that too. I would say, you know, if you're saying 80, 80, 20 or 60, 40, like I would push oh, yeah. 60, 40, you know, and just because people want things entertaining, they want what's interesting. Like I, I know a lot of, a lot of people listening to this aren't going to be able to see this visually because otherwise I would, I would say drop and give me a burpee right now because that sounds awesome, <laughs> but you're also dressed nice. So, um, but I, I mean, that's oh, the top. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. I Ooh, The zoom outfit. <laughs> my non-matching pants here. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, but that, I think that, that personal touches everything. And if you right now, cause Beacon Point itself has a great brand and you've worked really hard to create that brand. And that's amazing. The advisors can come in and just, it could fit because if they're aligned with that, that's easy, but, but, but still they got to own who they are. And that's, I think where the personal touch comes in. So I like that mix. So uh, how often are you posting? Yeah, it, it, it can vary depending on what we have going on in, in PR. You know, if we had three articles published this week and we're sharing that across the advisor profiles, it can get a little crazy. Um, but I would say for folks starting out, even if you do a post a week, it's fine. So fine. It's plenty because if someone Googles you and goes to your LinkedIn post and sees that you're active and consistent, they know you're relevant. You're with it. You know, you're on it. But um, we'll post anywhere from once a week to seven times a week or 13 times a week, or, you know, it, it, and we actually, that's something that I'm not type A, extremely structured around because we have enough that it's consistent that we kind of flow. I know that sounds weird, but we'll flow depending on kind of the activity, um, some of the feeling that we're getting from the industry, but also from clients. For example, the coronavirus. We didn't normally before send uh, routine white papers. We did it when the market required it right? Because that's our philosophical approach is we're not going to spam you with information. When it's really important for you to hear from us, we're going to message you. And so people actually read it and listen to it a bit more effectively than just kind of white noise. But when the coronavirus came around, we were literally producing content on a weekly basis and, and hand delivering it to clients because they, they needed and wanted to hear from us immediately. So we're here to kind of help gauge that temperature. But from a, stand, a starting standpoint, sharing or posting content at least once a week would be great. And then a couple, the other part of that is not just posting to your profile, but engaging with people. That's what people sometimes forget. And, and we can't take it that far for advisors. That's on the advisor to do for themselves is somebody likes or comments on your post, write a comment back, engage, create a conversation uh, that, that can get you a 
virtual coffee if we can't go in person soon, you know, or an introduction to another friend or another colleague that may then lead you to another center of influence or another prospective client that you may run into at a future fundraiser, whatever the case may be. I mean, the rabbit holes are, are limitless, but I think it's a good idea for advisors to kind of take a step back and say, because look, I understand they're wearing a million hats and their closets are very large because of all their big giant hats that they have to manage as a kind of an independent um, advisor trying to do all these different components of running their mini businesses within some of these wirehouses. And I mean, our job is to take one of those hats completely away so that they can focus. But if you don't have a marketing department behind you to do that, get some structure, set like an hour on your calendar twice a week to just do this, turn off your outlook alerts, you know, turn off your phone, whatever, and just be dedicated and focus and do it and then be done. And then cycle back a couple days later. Um, because it's like, oh yeah, I'll get to that this afternoon. It never really happens. And some of this is very structured. Yeah, the key is consistency, I think, with any marketing, obviously. And one of the things that we talk a lot about is one hour a day to six figures, whether it's one hour a day to an additional six figures if you're already doing it or to, you know, to your first six figures. But that one, and, and if you want to make a million, then it's it might take a little bit more time or a, little, a lot more team, right? But having that consistency is is everything because you got to get in front of people consistently because otherwise you just go away. Yeah, and, and Google algorithms, not just Google, but search algorithms, SEO, search engine optimization, lots of fancy words. That, that is, uh, plays a component in being um, relevant. They're looking to make sure that you're actively po posting, you're engaged, and that, that goes into that algorithm for search results. So, you know, in today's world, especially even now, so since we're all stuck in a virtual, but even before that and even after, when we go back to pseudo-normal, People are going to Google you. That's just the way it is. You know, it's, and that may not be a big deal to some people, but you need to understand that, that it can either be a neutral factor, it can hurt you or it can help you. So at minimum, you want it to be neutral at, on a benefit. You want it to be a positive so that you're creating this trust cycle before you even get in the room or on camera, you know, in the sense of people are doing their homework. They may have been referred to you and maybe referred to another advisor or heard of you through the grapevine or whatever. They're going to Google you. And that's literally before they call you. So you need to make sure that your branding and your activity is relevant and your story is uh, cohesive and matches the branding of your company and the branding of who you are as a human being. Um, it's, it's simple. It, High level yep. with the granulars, <laughs> important. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Wait, can we go back a step? Because I have a confusion. Like, I don't, I know this sounds so like kind of stuck up, but I don't do a lot of my own marketing. <laughs> so like, I, <laughs> I'm not like actually on social media doing it. I'm like paying for it. But um, when it comes to LinkedIn, I, I have this question because we we just had some you know articles that we were like we're ready to post some articles on LinkedIn we want to use LinkedIn a lot more we've been very very heavy on Facebook especially mm -hmm. with advertising and then we're like now we got to put a lot more attention into LinkedIn especially because it's easy to find the people who I want to talk to yeah. female financial advisors so um my question is what's the difference between like a post and an article I mean I know how to like engage on a on a post, but like, what's the difference between a post and a, and a LinkedIn article? How does that? Yeah, work? so, well, a post encompasses different types of posts. I know that sounds kind of funny, but you can, you can post a statement and have no attachment, no picture, no, you know, so it's a post is the activity of sharing something on your profile, I guess is what I should say. Having an article linked, I think is 
critical to have more often than not, or a blog post per se, because if someone clicks on that and opens up to your website, they're one step closer to contacting you. So that's kind of what we're, social media is, and it's, you're going to think I'm craziness is I don't like social media <laughs> and I do this for a job, you know, and I, it's a part of, I eat, sleep, breathe just because it's part of, of, of the role of marketing, but it is a necessary evil to help you with your search engine optimization and getting people back to your website so that they call you to work with you. And all of this is a circle, you know? So, um, the articles are, they're great too, because they populate images. If you have an image in your article on your post, so that again, people are very, image driven, you know, so it'll catch an eye in a whole news feed if there's a, an a image that speaks to them or if there's some animation in it related to a, a graphic, you know, those kinds of things play a role in people being more inclined to read what you posted and click on an article link if you're sharing a blog post or some information. But that's basically like, so it's better, it does better that it doesn't live on LinkedIn. It's better it lives on your site, like on WordPress or something. Absolutely. And then you make a post and then you just you just include the link and there's metadata and it's basically like, boom, it goes, to, it, it goes to your website. And now it has backlinks and all those fancy things yeah. and weird things that I don't really totally understand, like on page and off page and all that stuff. <laughs> you're not if you're, it's working for you. If you're doing your posts and sharing your articles, <laughs> it's what? I mean, another example of how to, how to leverage that. I mean, you could join a LinkedIn group that's passionate about traveling. You may have a blog post on the top tips for financially savvy travel, share it there. You know what I mean? Share your article in that group. It's, and the, the irony of marketing is you totally do not want to be salesy, even though you're trying to win sales, you know? So um, if you're salesy on LinkedIn, it is absolute doom. Do not be salesy. And I'd say that anywhere, not even just LinkedIn, but on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, and LinkedIn, you, you have to be organic and just like truly not salesy. Otherwise you're going to close down that opportunity. People are, we all live in a, a world of free information. So your information needs to be honest and relevant, but not like you're trying to, to close a deal. Someone will come to you or have you top of mind when they're ready to act. And that's when they call you. So that's going to be a little, if I'm, you know, we're talking honest here, it's, it can be frustrating to some advisors who start doing this and think, oh, I posted on LinkedIn or I shared an article. I should have a client by now. It does not work that way. Yeah. And social media may not actually get you clients, but it does indirectly because of your branding and because of your activity, which then helps your search and optimization. You know, all these domino effects. I'll be the first to say that you're going to do a lot of social media activity and you're not just going to have a client land in your lap. You know, that is probably perfectly ideal to your minimum asset size or, you know, their financial planning specific. It does, it just doesn't work like that. And I think there's a, a misconception about that, that if you post three posts, you should have one client by the end of that. It's much more about your qualitative brand that feeds to your quantitative out, outcomes by shortening that sales cycle. That is a great distinction. And I talk, talk a lot about that as far as like, it's not linear anymore. You know, it's like, it's not 
Like it used to be, what is it, the, like the 1031 rule? They're like, talk to 10 people, have three prospects, get one client. You know, I don't know if they're still teaching that. They probably are because there's a bunch of archaic crap out there. But it's I like the inverted funnel. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's like, but it's not like that. It's not like that. It's not linear anymore. And you can't, uh, um, I talk about a different strategy and I have a challenge called the appointment generator challenge. I'm specifically teaching them how to attract, how to get appointments. And I, I agree with you. You can't be salesy. I, I'm a big fan of call to action, telling them what to do next. Right. But it's like, it can't just be like like it, it's it's similar to going to a networking event and handing people your business card when they're not ready for it it's like no i do not want to sleep with you yet thank you very much but it's very similar <laughs> to like online you start talking about what i call the box like stop selling the box you're talking about insurance or you're talking about even 401k you know reviews and stuff it's very much the box as opposed to what is it that they want what's the result that they want what are the problems they're having how can you feel like you're actually talking to them and then those different things the the activity that you're doing to get appointments it could lead to appointments but it's not linear even that because you might have a connection now through linkedin or through facebook or through some social media post or whatever that connects you with something else and it's so much bigger and that one connection can get you a speaking opportunity which could get you way more clients or that could get you you know a news article or like something some great publication that could get you even more awareness and branding that's going to get you know the higher net worth clients so all of it adds up but it, it's very it is very difficult to see that right away because that consistency like you're saying it takes time it takes time to build i know you you said it took you guys years to really create this and build yeah, this it was about two and a half years to start seeing some serious results and i have to credit um our ceo and and our president shannon uc and matt cooper for taking a leap of faith and investing in a me human capital and b two and a half years before we started to see some true roi on all the efforts we'd put in i mean we're studying analytics all the time. So I was looking for example to put some tangibility to that at our when we redesigned our website, I was tracking the Google analytics of how many viewers, what are the demographics of our viewers month over month, quarter over quarter, and everything was growing. So we knew it was working. But until we actually saw some of those those new client, that new business close, it was a couple of years. But it wasn't hurting us. It was still helping us as we were tracking those stats and seeing our visibility expand. So you um Gosh, I'm, I'm totally, I was, I just had something in my mind that I wanted to share with you that you were mentioning about the sales cycle. Oh yeah, um, light bulb. <laughs> People forget that clients, their existing clients are their best referral sources. And also probably the most important niche to market to. And I mean that also not in a salesy way, but in a pure, honest um, connection way, because like you said, this if you get a speaking engagement or you, you have a virtual event series and you position it you with your invitations and your, your messaging in a way that is really helpful to what these particular clients are in need of, and you invite them to bring a friend or their daughter or their mom or whatever the case may be, depending on what the topic is, you're organically expanding your network of potential you know, new business or multi-generational business without having to spend on ads to get somebody that you have no relationship to that's already a sticky relationship just by the nature of trust through that client that then has that referral so um i think that's probably a good place to start for people that are not sure where to begin um you, that's already warm instead of going cold somewhere else now those people are still going to google you so all the activity that you're doing on these external audience sources is still going to be helpful to that trust story and making sure that you are who you say you are. But um, that's just a, something that I think advisors forget about. 
retaining clients and, and having referrals come through those folks that know them the best. Well, I think the addition to that is that it's not just the, again, old school, typical, I just have to keep in touch with my clients, be um, like good with their, you know, portfolios to get those referrals, but having actual branding and awareness and other, what we, we would call indoctrination, like you're indoctrinating them and giving them incredible value constantly that they would say, and it's not just, it's not salesy, like you said, and it's not just geared towards what I would call selling the box, like, hey, you know, use this. Then they see all that stuff and yeah. it's more than just, they can think of more people. And they, so it's not just that, okay, you know, oh, now you're, you're asking for referrals, which is a great thing to do, but it's more like, they're seeing you in many different areas because once you, if you're only talking to them about their stuff and that's all they do is like, you know, and it used to be face-to-face -face, now most of it's Zoom and or phone calls or whatever, that's all they see. They might see you as, you know, this is how you can help someone like me. Now, if you show them that you're more colorful, you have more value, you have so much more to add in different components, pro professionally. Is that what it was? Yeah, I, it's not my term. I can't coin it, but <laughs> personally, professionally, I like that. Um, if you can do that, then they're going to say, oh, you know, wow, you should check. And they can not just drive to a phone call. They can drive their friends and their family and their daughter and their whatever to something you're doing, a virtual you know, virtual yep. meeting or virtual talk. I call them exclusive events. Or they can do, drive them to an article or they can drive them to something that's way less committal. So yes. now there's something more that they can give them. And one of the things that you know we do a lot is give, having those call to, calls to action that's not salesy but it's like drive you always are driving someone to something and driving them to think think something in order to do that and if you're constantly like thinking how do they think and how can I get them to want to do this so that they feel good about it then that's going to help as well so um awesome this is this is really great anything else to add I mean we can go on for days but this is I know we could actually go on for days I just think it's important to remember to give people an experience as much as you can and um, I, I just thought of a recent, through our Women's Advisory Institute, we did an event that was on holistic health and wellness while you're sitting at your computer for eight hours a day or 10, because it's just right there by your kitchen. And I just go back and check my emails all the time, you know, and we think our clients are experiencing this as well. And so why don't we bring in a professional to do an at-home DIY yoga session and stretching session from your office chair? So we literally did this event that had nothing to do with finance, but really helped people. And they remember that we care about them as human beings. And it is part of our branding because we have holistic all wealth approach. And that means you're healthy financially, physically, emotionally, mentally, like all of that is important to us as to serve our clients. So I'm just using us as an example, that is still part of your service offering as an advisor and your clients appreciate that. We had our clients' kids that were home from college join us. We had aunts and uncles join us. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. It doesn't have to just be about how to take your social security benefits, you know, or whatever the case may be. You can kind of get a little bit more exciting if you want to think outside the box. Yeah, I love that. Cool. <laughs> well, let this, this, this is so great. I love this. This is awesome, Allie. Thank you so much. So tell them where can they find Beacon Point and anything else they, you know, to, to know about you guys because... Obviously, if they're looking for another option and that, you know, you already have an established financial business, you have a book of business and you're looking for uh, something even better, you might want to take a look at Beacon Point Advisors, but go ahead and tell them where to find you and, and what to do next. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we are online at beaconpoint.com and point has an E and across Instagram, social, or excuse me, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we have a whole bunch of uh, YouTube videos. We have four different playlists of different kinds of educational videos. Um, Beacon Point is the YouTube account, again, with an E. We have two podcasts we just recently launched, uh, Dollars and Cents and Markets in Motion. So you can uh, follow and subscribe and, and uh, communicate with us through any of those channels. And yes, we are growing all the time. Uh, so if there's any advisors out there looking for a new home that fits uh, their culture and, and uh, we're, come, come message us, info at beaconpoint.com. Robin, you're the best. Thanks for doing this for awesome. all the Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. And thank you all out there for listening. It's been great having you and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Robin Crane here. And if your big goal is to increase your revenue this year and grow your business, then make sure to attend our next event coming up soon. Go to femalefinancialadvisors.com to learn more about how you can explode your financial business and get more qualified prospects, convert more ideal clients and create your ideal business so you can have your ideal life. Can't wait to see you at the next event. Again, go to femalefinancialadvisors.com to claim your seat so you don't miss out. I'll see you there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.